Welcome to Two Hypnotherapists Talking with me, Denise Billen Mejia in Delaware, USA. And me, Martin Ferber in Preston, UK. This weekly podcast is for anyone and everyone who would like to know more about the fascinating subject of hypnosis and the benefits it offers. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist. I'm a retired medical doctor turned consulting hypnotist. We are two hypnotherapists talking. So let's get on with the episode. Okay, let's get on with the show indeed. Episode six. Can you believe it, Denise? We're halfway through the series already. No, I can't. It's This year has just disappeared on me completely. But during this year, I met our guest, who is really fascinating. Please welcome Myra Sanchez, who's going to talk to us about something that's in that complementary medicine area. And uh, we've opened this season up to a lot more ways that we can work together. We want this to be an integrative therapy. So hi, Myra. Hi. Take it away. Thank you so Tell much us- for having the opportunity to be here with you both. I'm, I'm super excited and I love dialoguing about this subject. Yeah, Myra, welcome medicine. to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on here. Um, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I needed to welcome you on. So please carry on. Thank you so much, Martin. Um, so again, as I was saying, integrative medicine is my passion. And what helped me uh, be able to overcome the challenges that I had in my life, in my health and in in my money <laughs> and just in my general welfare. Uh, so Chinese medicine and Qigong really supported me in developing the disciplines that I needed to be better able to handle the demands of life. Just right. excuse me, you haven't trained in Chinese medicine yourself. You you were a patient of a Chinese medicine practitioner. I I was, and I did a second training for uh, medical Qigong, mm-hmm. which I don't really. Uh, see patients under I did for a little while um, but I found that my sweet spot was really the coaching aspect however I do tap into the energy of medical qigong to support my clients and and myself in delivering the best possible um, opportunity for healing success wonderful what kind of what kind of problems should people come with you to you for Well, um, generally, as I was saying before, people come with the the problem, the biggest pain they have in the moment, they are often not aware that because we're so vitally connected, that sometimes (laughs) where we feel the pain is not where the problem Mm -hmm. exists. And I, uh, my strength is supporting people and getting deeper into themselves so that they can identify the root causes of the lack of well-being or the disease or the lack of ease as <laughs> um, as we talk about in Chinese medicine. Um, my teacher and trainer, perhaps because he was an oriental medicine doctor, really uh, had us focus in on that, on mm-hmm. the fact that from from their perspective, they don't look at illness or disease as as something more than an opportunity. You know, it's it's an opportunity to for greater harmony in the body and in the spirit and in the mind. But we don't in here in the Western society, we don't think about balance that way. We don't think about ourselves in that holistic, cooperative 
understanding. We tend to just think about the mind or just think about the body or just think about the spirit. And then whichever one we like the best, we tend to develop the most. Yeah. That's unfortunate, don't you think? <laughs> I do. I do. I'm... And because I, I learned the same way, that's what made me so passionate about this because I was able to break through that fragmentation, that compartmentalization in my life where right. I thought of my work as separate from my personal life. And I thought about my family as different right. from my own. So, you know, it's it's like all together and learning to be able to establish a better balance yes. with all of it together is possible using that type of mindset, that what right. that Eastern model rather than the Western model. Right. But integrating them if needed, you know, if your pain in your right lower quadrant is because you have appendicitis, Qigong is probably not going to fix the problem. You know, we need to right. be able to work together with all of these things. It will Agreed. probably do a lot to help you recover as you recuperate after surgery. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, uh, it's really fascinating. And I'll share a personal example for myself, right? Um, based on Chinese medicine, this time of year is the time of the lung and it's time of letting go. You know, that's, that's, the, what we're practicing is letting go as we look around in nature, nature is all the trees are letting go of their leaves and they do it so gracefully and so elegantly. And it's a beautiful um, opportunity for us to mimic that same idea, but how hard it is to let go. You know, I mm -hmm. was raised by a control freak and I learned very well how to control, <laughs> how to control, how to control. And it creates this stranglehold kind of situation. So let, letting go, it doesn't come naturally to me. And my father passed on October 1st, and that was a very difficult- Not, uh, not this year. No, in 20, okay. 2019, sorry. Okay, he, that's right. He passed <laughs> in 2019 on October 1st, but October 1st stays in my cellular memory as this time when, when I just start to, um, notice my energy go down right mm -hmm. and uh this past week i started experiencing some some vague pains in my shoulder and some tension in my thumbs and 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 some um waking up at night which these are not normal behaviors and it took me a minute to establish the understanding oh this could be related to mm -hmm. this event that my body is still holding the trauma, the grief, the awareness of this event. I miss my dad terribly. Um, it's been four years, but it was like it was yesterday. Yeah. And so it, so it really gave me an opportunity to allow myself to go deeper into that grief mm -hmm. rather than ignore it and allow myself to reconcile right, mm -hmm. to, to get better at letting go of that control um, and white knuckling it through life and allow myself to, to um, compassionately love myself through this stage. White knuckling it through life. I like that expression. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'll... what control freaks do. They just white knuckle it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting talking about that thing with October the 1st. And obviously, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. And that date means such a lot to you. Um, but 
that date, I think for so many people, especially over here, as you say, the trees let go of the leaves, the days suddenly get a lot shorter. Um, and it, it is quite a symbolic date, isn't it? There seems to be this seismic shift in attitude as soon as we go past the 1st of October. And I always think, well, you know, 30,000 years ago, and perhaps we were all living in caves and what have you, what did we do then at this time of the year? Because we didn't even um, sort of plant our own fields or anything, did we? Um, we just went out and hunted. Um, what would we do at this time of year? We would more or less hibernate, I would imagine. It wouldn't be safe to go outside. There were no lights outside. Um, and I, I think some of this is, you know, a throwback to that in, in our sort of biological programming as well and our mindset. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Denise? Yeah, I, I think I think for uh, people in business of any kind also are thinking, oh, my goodness, it's the last quarter of the year. <laughs> That's really the key component that I agree with because our modern lifestyle has so many conveniences. Mm. It makes it so much easier to work, 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 work ourselves to death <laughs> mm -hmm. and not allow ourselves to give a pause that's appropriate so that we can manage the, the, um, the reactions, the the traumas, that we can deal with those things because life mm -hmm. is demanding and awful things happen. Um, you know, we talked about my father's passing. Grief is an extra special kind of difficult task for me because in this time of year, October through December, I've had several losses of very close relatives of mine. Um, on the 29th of October, Sandy in 2012 hit the hit my house and destroyed the first level of my house, leaving my family, my pets, and myself homeless for six months. So I have a lot of practice at learning how to redistribute my energy, time, and money so that I could recover from these crisis moments. Did you find your attitude to the flooding in the city and around the area? This last weekend, there was so much flooding in New York. Yes. Well, of course, I, I, I'm i very sensitive to flooding. So anytime I've seen the flooding on in California and other countries this summer and um, what's going on here in New York, it reminded me again of all those same memories and feelings and ideas. Mm -hmm. And I know what those people are going through. Mm. Yeah. But, but and, because of your training, you were able to release it earlier or how does it change the way you respond i think it i think that what it really did for me was it it gave me a new focal point right it's very difficult to be in the middle of a crisis and be focused on the positives mm, <laughs> right? agreed focused on the gift right it's very difficult because mm -hmm. you're just like trying to get through the day right you just for for me at that time i was very much focused on how do i get the house back in shape so we can come right. live in here again right yeah. it was exhausting and and because it was a collective event wood was i you know there wasn't enough there was a wood shortage right there was difficulty um they blocked off the whole neighborhood so there was there wasn't any getting in and out of i live on staten island and my family mm -hmm. lives on other aspects of New York, there was no way I could get off the island. Um, mm -hmm. There were a lot of unintended things that created a lot more challenge for me and made it easier for me to feel victimized by it. 
And that's really the key thing that I think that the two of you and I can relate to or relate <laughs> together on is our attitude and our perspective, our mental concepts of what is happening to us and all that self-talk, that really does a lot to either encourage recovery or the reverse recovery from happening. (laughs) I mean, I I found sort of over the years since I sort of retrained and became a therapist, um, sort of challenging some of my own thinking patterns, you know, those cognitive distortions that we all have to some degree, um, Mm -hmm. you know, with the all or nothing thinking um, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I've challenged that a lot more and um, sort of benefited from that knowledge as it were. Um, <clears throat> but it is, it, it's those thought processes, isn't it? When, as you say, when a crisis happens, you know, the primitive side of the brain goes into overdrive and we just, the logical brain shuts down. We're just thinking about preserving ourselves. Um, right. how, how did you cope through COVID then, may I ask? Because you, obviously you're on Staten Island there. You, you weren't able, I would imagine you weren't able to travel over to Manhattan or anything, were you, through COVID? Uh, I, I didn't very well. Um, and I tell you for me, COVID was a godsend COVID was really a time where I got an opportunity to really stop being there again for others and Mm -hmm. identify, okay, this is the time where I can be here for myself. And, and who am I today? Uh, because who am I today is not who I was 20 and 2012 and certainly not who I was when I was 20. And so each and every crisis has allowed me to, again, ask myself that question and remove the things from my identity that no longer belong mm-hmm. and and discover the things that are always true about me and mm-hmm. uh, the values and and um, and the aspects of myself that I want to continue to develop because they're strengths, right? Um, that's the major difference in my life that uh, that my my journey of healing has helped me learn or relearn, which is I started out with the idea that to get my best, I had to to abuse myself, to basically kick my own blankety blank into gear, <laughs> right? That's how I learned to succeed. Mm-hmm. So I, I have relearned to succeed through a positive reinforcement by identifying what my natural strengths are, what I was born to do and stop trying to develop my weakness or hide my weaknesses because my weaknesses just support this type of thing, collaboration with other people who have strengths Mm. where where I'm weak. And um, it really challenged that self-sufficient idea Mm -hmm. and that independent goal that really isn't very supportive of life. Uh, interdependency is so much more fuller and joyous. Mm-hmm. And, Interestingly, and though, I'm thinking, you know, you're there in New York and you're talking about let's all be a little perhaps less Western in our thinking um, with, with your, your Qigong. And then I look at China today and we, we look at the phenomenal um, developments that have happened there over the last 20, 30 years. And now when we think of Shanghai, for example, we think of somewhere absolutely as busy and 10 times the size of New York. Do you, do you feel they're perhaps 
practices have sort of dampened down over recent years and they're going to have the same kind of crises with mental health, for example, that we currently have? You know, I do. And I, I, I can look in Puerto Rico as an example, right? Because I, I went there as a uh, yeah. child and I am very clear about what Puerto Ricans uh, culturally were like. Mm. when they mm -hmm. lived on the island and how different they are when they leave the island right and so my parents um, came from the island so they had a particular kind of mindset a particular kind of attitude and values that they instilled in us but it's very interesting to notice that my brothers I'm the fourth uh, and the only female of the children that my parents had and it, it was always really interesting for me to realize that my my brothers had a completely different attitude than I had in life. And part of that is because they were born and raised on the island and I was born and raised here. The other part that I discovered over time is that the differences were related to the fact that my parents were together when my brothers were in raised in their formative years, but they were apart when I was raised. Okay. So that unique difference and the that unique difference made it seem like I I understand the whole movie based on walking in halfway through. <laughs> okay. I like that, that analogy. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like it's me. I convinced myself, oh, I understand the movie because yeah. I only saw the, the half to the end. And then I was angry that my brothers didn't agree with me and they didn't yeah. understand, you know. It's in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And and it's a great time, analogy. I, yeah, you. I love over it. Over time, I learned that I didn't have enough information about the whole movie to mm -hmm. judge. Right. And so it helped me uh, to it helped me find ways to have compassion in the conflict for them mm -hmm. and for me and to listen more with empathy rather than tell them oh, this is my perspective and and again uh disrespect that part of it and so when i go back to puerto rico and i still have family there i can recognize the influence that that the united states has had on the island over the last 40 years and they um my cousins were there when they had a big flooding event. I think it was Maria. Maria. Mm -hmm. And what was really fascinating to me was to notice how dependent they are on help, external help. Mm -hmm. And how people who were still very much inward, meaning they were less touched by the Western influence. on, on They on hadn't that. gone and they hadn't gone it got uh, being infected by western influence before they yeah. went back in there okay. and the convenience right because that's the right. that's the virus the virus in my opinion is the convenience they were able to recover faster because they were not dependent on outside help they they were able to go back to the land right this the, after the flood went the sun came back out and they they were able to work the land to support yeah. themselves. And that was something that I did during Sandy that my neighbors were not doing. Because I had been trained in that type of environment as a young kid, I was, I'm not dependent on my phones constantly right. to, now, to live. Interesting. I'm, I'm wondering about, my husband's Dominican. 
It's a very similar culture to Puerto Rico. Uh, I went to medical school there and then did my training here. But when Francisco is here and there are administrative snafus or you have to stand in line for, he reacts it just like an American would. And if we go back to, to Santo Domingo, I try really hard not to react like somebody from here. It just slides right back into what, oh, well, you know, it's Tuesday. We'll spend it waiting for the power to be turned back on. It, it's, it's a very different. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. Denise may, may, may be touchy here, but does it does he suddenly become more dominant or something more? Um, no, no, we don't have that. we don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> So getting back on topic then, Myra, <laughs> do you think when you were saying about the um, people of San Juan, uh, sorry, Puerto Rico, um, San Juan was where I went over there, um, the, the people of Puerto Rico, that sense of community is still there, whereas the ones who were Americanized or have lived over in the States, it's not, you know, that, that sense of family or, or greater community. Right, right. Well, I, I think I think they're coexisting. Mm. Mm -hmm. And the light of that original community-based success mm. is diminishing. Okay. While the okay. other light of the the other light of of expectations around, hey, we're Americans like everyone else, and therefore we should have the same benefits. Um, we don't. They don't. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. But they don't know. They don't know why they don't. And. And I think that that's really a key thing. Um, and again, it brings me back to my brothers and I have a different attitude, right? And like, I don't expect someone to come and rescue me. And that's what supported me in, uh, in my recovery efforts after Sandy. I, I waited for a, like maybe, you know, 24 hours looking out like, you know, there's empty streets, there's holes, there's water. I, I've never experienced anything like that. So I definitely went through, uh, the insurance company's going to come. Yeah. They mm -hmm. didn't come. Um, FEMA's going to come. They didn't come. They didn't come. Um, my family's going to be able to come. They couldn't come. So all of a sudden I was like, okay, what am I going to do? What, what can I influence? And so that that controlling aspect of me came in online and addressed what I could control, what I could influence. And as I can maintain that mindset every day, little by little, I move through the stages of recovery. And, and that's it. Step you need integ integration of all of the parts of you. Yeah, exactly. And there were times when I needed naps and, yeah. you know, my mom, like I said, she's a control freak. She was very, <laughs> she was very much against me taking naps. She thought, oh my gosh, you're sick. There's something wrong with you. Oh. I was like, well, Mom, I'm not sick. I am just running and running and running constantly. I need to nap. In order yeah. not to get sick. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Self-care, that all important thing. Exactly. Like my mom doesn't understand that healing and recovery is about doing things that feel counterintuitive. <laughs> it, yeah. it just, it doesn't, taking a rest doesn't seem like the right thing to do when everything is out of a place, right? It just doesn't seem like the right thing to do. However, it, it is the best thing to do. It's part of that. It's the wisest thing to do. <laughs> right. But it's part of that sort of an, I, the overused word toxic, but it really is that, you know, 
the sun's still out, I should be making money. The I, I am conscious, therefore I should be trying to fix this problem now. That kind of go, 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 go. And that's very much an American phenomenon. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, my impression is of everything that I see on TV from America. Everybody wants it faster. Everybody wants it easier. Um, you know, everything's now, 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 isn't it? That sense of immediacy with everything. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and you, you see, I suppose it happens in any big cities as well. You know, people working from eight in the morning till nine at night in their offices and, you know, they grab some food on the way home, go to bed and do it all again the next day. That's not no way and, to live, is it? And there's a, a an influence from that, too, because now we are also connected around the world. And when it's daylight here, it isn't in Australia. Mm. And yet we seem to think we're supposed to respond all the time, no matter who pings us. Mm. You know what I find amazing, Myra, the difference in um, how like vacations um, or vacation time off work between Britain and America. Um, we get four weeks holiday plus the bank holidays over here. So you get near enough six weeks off work paid. And that's the standard. There are people who get more time too. Yeah, yeah. that's the standard. That's if you work in McDonald's, that's what holidays you get. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, and may I just also say, maternity leave yeah <laughs> which is still a pipe dream for most and ambulances here. are free <laughs> and i think it's really powerful that you bring that up because i've known lots of people who have the time off and cannot take it mm. that the mm-hmm. time off feels like a punishment to them mm-hmm. so therefore it doesn't matter that they have the time, the holiday it, time. It doesn't right. do anything to inc- to increase their quality of life because they don't enjoy it. Yeah, they don't I, know I what to most, do. They can't unwind. I don't know about the UK, but several other European countries, it's mandated. You don't, you know, no, you need a vacation now. This is when you're, you know, if you didn't take it before, you take it now. There is, you know how you can't carry your vacation over? You can only bank so many days before the next one. I think that is probably the idea of that came up thinking it's good for people to take vacation then they won't get sick and they'll be able to continue to work for us or at least less likely to get sick and it's been interpreted as if i'm not there john's going to get the promotion or i'm going to miss all these other opportunities and that i think is where eastern philosophy is going to help us so let's pivot back to what you do yeah say um Oh, dear. I'm just going to say, well, say a million years ago when I was a doctor, stress was my middle name. Um, <laughs> how how would you, my, I carry my stress when I realize I'm stressed. I get pain in my thoracic back, you know, the, um, between my shoulder blades. How, how would you, if I, if I came to you and said, what can you do for me for this? I'm, I'm feeling really, really stressed. I'm not sure where I would find the time to come to you because of the job, but... <laughs> But if by some miracle you were open and I was free, how would you first advise me? Well, the first thing we would do is uh, apply something there. Uh Um, I think human touch is very healing. And Uh that's the first thing that I would ask if you would be open to that. And I would utilize medical Qigong first, Uh which is an energy energy. healing it- practice and so i would work to unblock that stagnation up front is that similar to reiki it is it, it mm-hmm. well reiki is the japanese version and right. is the chinese version but that's okay. what i would do first because 
what I've experienced even in my own body. When my body is uh, persisting with a particular pain, the touch of my own hand does a lot. Mm -hmm. Sometimes compassion can be best delivered without words. Yeah, absolutely. I, I get that. So if someone comes with that, that's the first, that's the, that would be my first way of really connecting with that person. And then from there, we would go into a little bit more of a deeper reflection on the belief systems around, around um, carrying the weight of the world around um, what stresses us, right? Just mm -hmm. a deeper reflection. Um, but that's what I would do first. And if it were virtually, mm -hmm. then I would encourage them to do some self, self massage. I would show them points, particular points on their body um, that are called gates, energy mm -hmm. gates, where they could apply their own healing. Are those equivalent anatomically to chakra? No. Okay. I just... No, they, they are based on the meridians in the body. Okay. And uh, again, this is the, the beauty of the different types of training that I've done. It gives me a vast toolbox to kind of support right. and empower people in providing their own self-care. Right. Mm -hmm. And also I would encourage them to do a mental fitness program that I do. It's eight weeks long and it offers them the opportunity to, to use their phones, to develop a mindfulness practice, a meditation practice, two minutes at a time. Um, so it's very suitable for people with busy lifestyles who say, I don't have time for self-care. When in fact it's counterintuitive, we have to make time for that. Yeah, it's that wonderful joke. Uh, well, it's a true joke, unfortunately. If uh, somebody says that, I haven't got 10 minutes to meditate, yeah, well, then you need an hour. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> you, you need to recognize what's most important. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and a lot of times it's a conversation that allows us to identify what's, mm -hmm. who we really are and what we're really thinking and what are the belief systems that we're activating in our lives every day some of those belief system we inherited and we just need to recognize oh that doesn't really fit along with my experience and then mm -hmm. we can let them go but if we never look at them we can't ever do that yeah i mean it's amazing isn't it how everybody's sort of frame of reference their window on the world changes over the years as you say yours now is very different from say 10 years ago 12 years ago um, and mine certainly is. I'm living a completely different life from the one I lived 10 years ago. Um, yeah, and it is, isn't it, how, how our sort of outlook on things change. Do you feel most of the clients that you help wish they'd found you sooner? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a very natural human response. I mean, sometimes I, I say that to myself. And and again, it's it's that sage perspective we are in the right place at the right time at the right season and it it is uh important to believe that mm. yeah mm -hmm. and I, it's counterintuitive uh, to believe that <laughs> yeah no it's just I, I wish i'd discovered hypnotherapy 25 years oh, yeah. ago and denise says she wishes she was taught it in part of her medical training and um it, it's just 
we've got to reach the younger people, haven't we? So they don't all say, I wish I found this 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I have children. I have two daughters. They're adults in their 30s now. And um, as much as I give gave them of the new things that I learned, in my th head, I thought they're never going to suffer like I suffered because they're getting it early. Mm. They still suffer some things that I would never have expected them to suffer. And there is a reality to the generational traumas we, we just kind of mm -hmm. pass along, mm. whether we want to or not. It, it just happens. We all come with a particular set of things that we have to experience in order to evolve. And yeah, and then we, we get onto things like inherent trauma then as well, don't we? Um, yeah. We were talking about that a few months ago, weren't we, Denise, about mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> sort of in our blueprint, in our DNA trauma being passed on. Um, yeah. As a parent, that's a really powerful one that I have to reconcile in my in my own spirit so that I avoid getting trapped into oh I didn't do enough I was I should have done this I should have I have to let go of that idea I did mm -hmm. all that I could I did enough just like my parents did all that they could and they did enough and I have to like let them go um for, stop judging them for what they didn't yeah. do and stop blaming them for what they did do. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, don't, to, you don't have to reject them. You just let exactly. the, the blame go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and that loving differently is my thing right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just recently got married. So we just made a year. Congratulations. Um, it was my, thank you. It's my second marriage. And my first marriage was a disaster, 10 <laughs> years. Um, <laughs> but it left me in a big gap in between. And I did not want to get married again. I was very, very against that um, commitment phobic, as you would say. Mm -hmm. So I really recognized that I had to retrain myself to live a different kind of life and to be open to it, right? I had to open up my heart even more to be able to accept a partner. As much mm -hmm. as I wanted one in my mind, the rest of me wasn't on par with that plan. And I had to go through a process took 10 years for me to go from just dating to getting married. I met my my current husband right after the, uh, right, actually not, not right after, right before the 2012 uh, flooding event. And I think, honestly, that if I had not been in that crisis, I never would have been open to a new love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, just just a difference in the language there, Myra. The way you framed that, my current husband sounds like you've got an ex one lined up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> it's a big joke between him and I. Um, you know, I'm gonna love him till I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant! Is <clears throat> time's moving on? Actually, Myra, I can't believe how quickly this episode's gone. Would you like to say anything specific to our viewers and listeners about the, the therapies you offer, the work that you do? Um, I think we'll hand the floor over to you for a few minutes so people can well, get a really good feel much. of what you do. And um, we'll put in the show notes how they can get in touch with you as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, I would really love to invite your listeners to participate in my mental 
fitness program. It is eight weeks long and uh, my time is very slim right now um, because I am taking care of my mom, but I really want to be able to provide this, this season that was coming up because the holiday stress is crazy and I'm aware of that. So I really would like to put a couple of groups through the process because that will better prepare them for the holiday stress so that they um, can can navigate it with ease and flow like I do. So if they are interested, I would love for them to email me and they can they can um, they can add in the subject line hypnosis and then I'll know that they're from coming your, from us. Okay. From wait, 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 you said community. you didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They can say hypnosis. And then I will happily give them a uh, hundred dollars off the program. Wow. That's very that's generous a, of that's you. First. That's Thank great. you. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. Denise, let me pass over to you now to wrap up the show. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of another episode. Myra, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, and I'm sure Denise would love to say goodbye as well. Exactly. It's goodbye, but hopefully we'll be able to meet in person soon. <laughs> yes, I'm all Thank for you. it. <laughs>We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please remember, this podcast is designed to give you an insight into therapeutic hypnosis and is for educational purposes only. So remember, consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you've heard may apply to you or a loved one. If you found this episode useful, you can apply for free continuing professional development or CME credit using the link provided in the show notes. Feel free to contact either of us through the links in the show notes. Join us again next week.